Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is someone who I now finally realize is totally a people. Mars! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> it would explain all of your weird superhero powers. Oh, okay. You're one of the mer people who doesn't know that you're a mer people. Do you magically know ASL? Because apparently that's part of the process as well. No, but I wish I did. Right, right. I once tried to do one of those apps that would teach you ASL. Uh-huh. It teaches you like a couple signs a day and then reviews. And I was like really into it for about five days. I was like, yeah, I'm going to learn sign language. Mm. And then on day six, I was like, I'm going to take a nap. And then I just never did it again. You're basically describing like every single one of my Duolingo journeys. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to the part where you have to like text and I'm like, I don't know. I didn't learn that much shit. <laughs> I know. I have started so many different things like that. I went through this weird phase where I was like, I'm going to learn Latin. I learned Ooh. like eight words. And I was like, yeah, this is going really well. I got this. I understand. And then I just set it down one day and never picked it up again. Oh, and you're like, done. Mission yeah. accomplished. And every once in a while, I see that book, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I think Duolingo does Latin now. I wonder if you could pick it back up for five days. Yeah. Five days a year. And I'm like, it was really sticking with me. I'm not one of those people who easily learns new languages. You know, mm-hmm. there's some people who just are really good. They just have an ear for it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not one of those people. And so the fact that this was going so well, and I was like, yeah, I got some momentum. I'm actually going to do this. And then I just, I don't know, my blackbird brain, like, as soon as I lost eye contact with the book, I was like, I never what? Who? <laughs> never say that in Latin. No. No. <laughs> I was wondering if maybe there'd be like a reflexive, it'd be like a born identity situation where like you just know. Oh my God. What if I accidentally speak it in my sleep? Of course, that would be problematic in relationships, I would imagine. If in the night you would just start speaking in in Latin, they would think you were possessed. Is it bad that I kind of really hope that happens someday? I kind of do think that's amazing. That would be dope. (laughs) Plus, it would help me know if I was with the right person because if the next morning he was like, so, uh. You spoke Latin in your sleep, but nothing started floating. I just wanted to check that with you. <laughs> just wanted to touch bases on the speaking Latin while you're asleep. Are you someone who talks in your sleep normally? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I laugh in my sleep, apparently. I do too. Yeah. I just crack myself up all night. <laughs> I've woken up to be like, who the fuck is laughing? And then I realize it's me. I fully come awake still laughing and also still wondering who's laughing. It, like, takes me a minute to realize it's me. And then I'm like, oh. When you, like, really make yourself laugh in your sleep, nothing is funnier. Nothing is funnier. And then you just start laughing for real because you're like, holy shit. I woke up one night laughing a laugh that's not even mine. It was almost like a Santa Claus laugh. It was like like one of those, like, ho, ho, ho. What? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. And then I laughed my actual laugh at hearing myself going, ho, 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 that's great. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I I love a good midnight laugh. I dreamt last night that I was in Aliens. Maybe it was all that alien isolation we were playing, but I totally had like a xenomorph dream last night. I was like, I'm having a nightmare and this is awesome. It was like just <laughs> lucid enough that I was like, I'm in my favorite movie, even though there were xenomorphs chasing me. Yeah, I've never been able to fully lucid dream. But I do have the dreams where when it starts getting too scary, like I had a dream where I was, it was basically Jurassic Park 2. And do you remember that movie? It's the movie oh, yeah. nobody remembers, it seems oh, like. Yeah. I mean, it has the gymnastic child. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And it's the one that has the scene where the expedition group is hiding behind a waterfall. And then uh-huh. the, what is it? It's not, it's not T-Rex in the second one, right? It's, or maybe it is. For whatever giant predator is hunting them, reaches into the waterfall and drags out a dude. So I had a dream that I was that person, except for when it got too close, I was like, no, 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 you're a dream. You're not allowed to do that. And then it couldn't reach me. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, you know what I think the most underrated Jurassic Park movie is? Is Jurassic Park 3. I love that movie. I love that movie. The part with the pterodactyls where they're like in the mist is The shape ter- of them? Oh. Yes. They're terrifying. It's totally underrated. And I love when they save alessandro nivola at the end and he's like i saved your hat <laughs> i need to rewatch that i have that on blu-ray it's so good they were marathoning the first three over and over and over again a couple weeks ago or something on hbo and uh-huh. my aunt was over she does a lot of cooking when she's here because she lives alone so when she comes here she can cook for more than just one person uh-huh. whatever that's not the point of the story but anyway she had these movies on in the background while she was cooking i walked in in the evening and the movie was still on and i was like is this Still, she goes, I've watched or I've listened to all of these like six times. Whoa. Because <laughs> she was just listening to them. So she wasn't just like sitting there watching them over and over and over again. But she was like, I just never changed the channel and they just keep playing. Oh, my God. That's like me every Christmas with a Christmas story. I see the whole movie, but I don't see it in order. It's just like oh, yeah. on in the background. So like my ear will peak for like a particular scene and I'll be like, oh, OK, cool. But it doesn't necessarily have to be chronological. That's kind of how I watched The Martian for the first time. Oh, that's a weird experience. Yeah, I just kept coming in and like seeing five to ten minutes, but never sequentially. So it was just sort of like over time, I kind of put the movie together. And then I was like, this is dumb. I should just watch the movie. Actually, you should read the book. The book is so much. I've the book is really good. Way better than the movie. I mean, I thought the movie was just all right. Yeah, read the book. The book is good. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) That tangent down. Yes. Okay. So we are going to be reviewing a movie called Mermaid Down. And it is the movie that is the punchline to the joke. If a mermaid, a ghost, and a serial killer walked into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get into all that, how are you? How have you been? What have you been up to? All that fun stuff. Um, I've been good. I finally finished Inspection by Josh Mallerman. How was it? Reading. Do you recommend? It was pretty good. So I have this hard relationship with some authors where like the first book I read of theirs is so good that I get really excited. And then everything after that, yeah. I don't know if it's just that it's not as good or if it's just not oh, as You want good that compared. experience again. Yeah. And so yeah. it wasn't bad by any means, but it didn't have the same kind of punchy ending, but it was still good. I still enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah. And then I started reading. Have you ever heard of Dylan Thomas? Mm -mm. He wrote in like the 1940s or 50s, somewhere around there. But I have this book of his that I've only ever read parts of, but it's a collection of short stories. And they're really, really good because they're just beautifully written. But then every once in a while, one has like this surprisingly violent ending. Oh. They're super short stories. And then in the end, something crazy happens. And I, I don't know. I just, I really like it. They're really good. Sounds good. I mean, I like a surprising twisty twist. Yeah. I just started If It Bleeds, which is the new collection of novellas by Stephen King. Ooh. I just got it sort of sight on scene because it has a new chapter in the Holly Gibney story. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I grabbed it. And for some reason, I assumed the first story would be the Holly Gibney story. So I mean, I didn't even really look at it. I'm like 20 minutes into this thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> 
didn't look up to see like what any of the stories were about or anything. And it's just sort of this yarn about this kid giving this old guy an iPhone. My opinion is yet to be formed. I'm just kind of like, it's Stephen King. So we'll just see where it goes. Maybe it'll take a little twisty twist or maybe it'll just be one of his more real world stories. Yeah. I have no idea yet, but I will yeah. let you know. I'll keep going and let you know how it goes. All right. So before we get too much further, can you give our listeners a reminder of our spoiler policy? Yeah, our spoiler policy is that we're going to spoil the whole thing. As to whether or not you can watch this spoiled, I don't know that you even can be, because I don't know that it even really makes enough sense. I feel like someone could tell you everything that happens and you'd still go in and be like, huh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess there's technically twists, but you're not like building up to something and it pays off. It's more like something unexpected happens and then something else unexpected happens. It is a lot of like, oh, huh, moments (laughs) versus like, oh. Yeah. You know, you'd be bummed if somebody spoiled the end of a split or something like that. Yeah. This is not that experience. No. And it's so strange that even knowing the plot going into it, you'd still be like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that being said, and I'll say it later, I do think it's worth watching just as a pure spectacle. It is quite a spectacle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Okay. So you picked this lovely film. How did you find it? What made you decide on it? Tell me about it. Um, I found it just kind of browsing Amazon Prime. The picture looked interesting. The title was... It's not my favorite title. I don't even totally understand why it's called Mermaid Down. I don't either. Unless it's like Man Down, kind of like this mermaid's injured. Mermaid Down. Okay. Other than that, I don't know. But And then, then I watched the trailer on Amazon Prime, and it was just weird enough that it was like, well... I'm gonna watch this anyway because now I have too many questions. <laughs> I may as well force Rachel to watch it too. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so generous of you. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> it seemed like something that I was gonna need someone else to have also experienced. And the thing is, is this is a movie. If nobody else had seen it, you'd be like, I need someone to talk about this one. This looks yeah. so fucking weird, man. This is the first time we've ever been watching a movie, and you have messaged me while you were watching it yeah and we've watched a lot of stuff yeah and i tried not to for everyone listening i texted rachel 20 minutes in and i was just like 20 minutes in and this movie already what the fuck is this movie (laughs) and it was perfect because we were we were about 10 15 minutes in ourselves so yeah i texted you 20 minutes in i wrote that text eight minutes in (laughs) and i was like don't send it don't send it you've never texted rachel during a stream queens movie ever just save it just save it and then 12 minutes later it's like can't send (laughs) i do not blame you because we were having the exact same emotional journey like in another state so i was grateful to know that i was not alone for the the solidarity and the and it wasn't even like confusion over what is happening in this movie it was just like literally what is this <laughs> i've definitely never seen anything like it i can say that right off the top i don't yep. think that's a spoiler to be like i have never seen anything like this movie okay so i don't have really any production notes for this i tried to research it and there's just like not that much information somehow i'm really not surprised 
Yeah. What I found, okay, so the director is this guy named Jeffrey Grellman, who was originally from Belgium and moved here when he was, uh, I think, six. Moved to San Francisco, went to school there, and developed a love of film and moved to L.A., as people do. Right. The one really interesting fact is that this movie was inspired by sushi rolls. He was at a... Yes. He was at a Japanese restaurant with his girlfriend at the time in Koreatown, and they were eating sushi, and a piece of the seaweed had kind of like fallen into a way that sort of, and it was split kind of like a mermaid tail, and it was sort of connected to a roll of sushi that like, you know, if you look at the side of a sushi roll, it's sort of cut in half. Mm -hmm. It looked like a mermaid tail that had been cut off. And so from that, he and his girlfriend came up with this idea for the movie and sort of hashed it out. And then I think he funded it through Indiegogo. And he had done a short before this, but I think this is his first feature film. And that's basically it. Even when I read interviews with him about this, there just wasn't that much more information. I know it cost $57,000. That was the budget. Okay. Which I think most of went to the ship scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. And maybe the making of the tale, which is in my prose. But yeah, there's just not that much information about this movie. Somehow not shocking. (laughs) That's not to, like, some sort of portray my opinion of the movie. It just seems like one of those movies that, like, probably flew under the radar, and so therefore not a lot was asked about it. Right. That's probably true. You know? Yeah. But a sushi roll. Hmm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, you find inspiration everywhere. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> you really never know where your next big idea is coming from. Right? <laughs> it could be on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We do me a favor and give us the synopsis for this movie? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the question at the end, like, for this fever dream that yeah. we shared? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. So... We start out with, I have lots of feelings about this first opening scene, but it's a discussion between these two old sailors who I named Old Sailor with Hat and Old Sailor without Hat. Ooh, I feel like you really captured their essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really, yeah, I really I really took a look inside of myself and was like, <laughs> how, how would you classify these gentlemen? I mean, I feel like that's as much character as they're given, yeah, to be yeah. fair. So they're on a fishing boat, and they're having this really bizarre conversation about mermaids where Old Sailor without hat is... he Basically, he's trying to convince Old Sailor with hat that they should capture a mermaid, right? Right. While drinking out of a child's tea set. Yeah, which is funny, because I had that tea set. Like, Me, that exact tea set. I didn't have that exact pattern, but I had that tea set. I had that exact pattern. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a blast from the past. And then I also remember that I had it for like maybe a, a less than a year before it disappeared. And my mom told me later that she found out it was lead-based paint. And Oh! Because, <laughs> you know, it was the 80s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, Sailor Without Hat has received this tea set from his niece and they're drinking whiskey out of it. And he's talking about the proper way to kill or to capture a mythical creature. And one of my thoughts that I had about this was just that his speech kept going in between the way you would expect this character to speak and then these really weirdly poetic statements that were just so out of character that it was so strange. And he I don't couldn't know. decide if he was like a salty sea dog or like a regular old dude. Yeah, because then he'd be talking like a regular old fisherman who wants several millions of dollars for having captured a mermaid. And then he would say something like, 
the sailor with hat asked him if they had enough fuel to be out on the ocean for a week or whatever. And he was like, I filled up the boat as I filled up myself with coffee. And I was like, what? Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, am I watching The Lighthouse? What's happening? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he breaks down his plan where he says that in order to kill a mythical creature, you have to maim it, basically. So he's saying that what he thinks the plan should be is they'll catch a mermaid, then they'll cut off her tail, and then they'll sell the two parts separately, which is such a bad plan. If you're trying yeah. to sell a mermaid... You don't sell them se- like the whole thing is that it's one unit. That's right. what makes it crazy, right? Right. right. Otherwise, you're you just, just selling... have a half a lady and a big old fish, right? So otherwise, you're going to your potential buyers and they're like, "That's not a mermaid. You just cut the head off of a very strange looking fish." And then you look at the other half and you're like, "And you murdered a woman." So, <laughs> right. No money That's for you. That's a really sir. good point. I had not thought about that, but that is very true. Can you imagine like a crazy old sailor coming to shore with half a woman and being like, "No, no, it's half a mermaid." I swear. Add that to the list of movies that this movie is. This movie <laughs> is several movies. <laughs> One of them is just if a Scooby Doo villain really did cut up a lady. <laughs> Somehow he convinces Old Sailor with Hat to go on this, like, week-long expedition to go capture a mermaid, and they go. They're out on the sea. They're trying to lure in a mermaid. There were a lot of things about this movie that I actually thought were interesting. It's just they were interspersed with things that were weird. Yeah. But I did like that they were baiting the mermaid with bits of metal, you know? Yes! Human Mm -hmm. bits. I thought that was cool, you know, because there's always that myth with mermaids that they're obsessed with human objects, and, you know, and even the mermaid in this movie has that key tied into her hair and stuff. I liked that. I liked that detail. Yeah. So they're just kind of basically, they're not even casting a net, though. They're just kind of dragging it. They've kind of dipped it in the water next to the boat and are throwing bolts and stuff into the water to lure the mermaid. And then we also meet Dr. Bayer for the first time, although we don't know he's Dr. Bayer yet. He's just a rich dude on a sailboat who is stalking the fishing boat, except for flying the ointment. When you're on the ocean... It doesn't matter how far away you are. You are fully visible. Right. You're the only two (laughs) objects on the surface of the sea. And he wasn't that far away because, you know, later he swims from his boat to theirs. Yeah. So it's not that far. It's like if I was standing 10 feet away from you in the same room and somehow was hiding also. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's not how the ocean works, my friend. No. But he's keeping an eye on the fishing boat. We're not really sure why. Was it just luck? We kept going, like, is he a merman? Are we going to find out that he's, you know, like, there's a reason he's out there? Or Because, yeah. I mean, how could he know what these guys were up to? We never get that the fishermen in any way advertised that this was their goal to be like, you know, line up your bids now, fellas, because we're going to catch us a mermaid. So, it's, you know, how did he know right. that they were? Because later when he's on the boat, he's fully like, oh, yeah, no, I'm an interested buyer. And it's like. You're right. For what? Are you just really into tuna and then you happen to witness them catching a mermaid and you're like, well, I guess I'll buy the mermaid? Did they just like put it on Craigslist? Like we're going mermaid hunting and the guy was like, oh. It was their GoFundMe. Right. Gonna catch a mermaid. (laughs) Right. That didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, but neither did a lot of things. But True, true. This is just the first hint of where we're going with this. Mm -hmm. So he's spying on them from his boat. He sees them catch a mermaid. They bring her on their boat. And they're proceeding to try to cut her tail off, but she's a fighter. So old fisherman without hat is trying to tie her hands down, which again was a a thing that didn't make sense because he ties the rope around one hand and she acts completely incapacitated by this one hand. I'm like, just untie it with the free hand. But sure, whatever. And 
the old fisherman with that hat is trying to tie her down, somehow manages to fumble his own hand into a knot in the rope, and she goes over and drags him around very slowly in the water. That was the issue I had the most with this scene was how slowly it went. But yeah. the music was so high intensity, and yet yeah. it was just these two old guys slowly stumbling around a boat. And even when they're shooting her, dragging him through the water, it's so slow, you know, and it just yeah. took forever to get anything done in this scene. <laughs> right. It's weird. One minute she has superpowers and super strength, and then the next minute she's just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, a rope. I know. So she drags Old Fisherman with, that, with Hat through the water. Old Fisherman with that Hat shoots him on accident, and then she just sort of wanders back into the net. For no reason. She fully got away. Yeah. And then got caught in the net a second time. And again, they're not casting this net out into the water like one would when trying to catch anything. It's just dangling over the side in the way that it's like, oh, well, we're done fishing. We just haven't brought the net back on board yet. Yeah. And she just kind of swims directly into the loose net. I don't know. Yeah. It uh, It was a choice. Yeah. So Old Fisherman with that hat gets her back on board and chops her tail off meanwhile dr bayer has swum to the fishing boat and is hiding on the fishing boat and again at first i was like oh he's gonna save the mermaid but then he just kind of hides and watches she gets her tail cut off he dumps her human torso half into the chum hole yes and she's also somehow still alive which i mean i guess it kind of explains it later but at the time i was like i feel like this plan wouldn't work for a number of reasons yeah like but you're definitely taking a risk cutting anything in half and expecting it to live right worms that's the end of the list it's the end of the (laughs) list of things you can cut in half right nematodes there's two you can cut two things in half and it will live yeah yeah. Anyway, so Dr. Bayer is discovered, and he says that he's an interested buyer. They kind of haggle with some money over, you know, the price or whatever, and uh, Dr. Bayer attacks Old Fisherman without a hat and kills him with the axe. I did like the little detail where you could see the scales on the axe blade. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Anyway, so he kills Old Fisherman without hat, finds both halves of the mermaid. Well, the tail gets lost to the sea, right? It falls into the ocean. Yes. Yeah, and so he's just got the first half of her, and that's when I realized it had been 20 minutes, and I was very confused. <laughs> that's what Took I got 20 minutes message. to do all of that. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get it if your actors are on the older side and maybe honestly can't be action heroes, but, you know, you could do some creative cuts, kind of speed it along we get where it's going (laughs) yes and so we don't really know what dr bayer's motivations are quite yet but then we're introduced to the bayer psychiatric women's home i have major questions about this but yes does a lot of it have to do with you know zoning or you know just the whole ethics of this is the state funded is it pretty much really regulating this 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 business it's like a crack house with a bunch of wayward teens played by 30 year olds yeah it's a lot confusing in this yeah. place and the thing is, is if it were just him i'd be one thing but there are orderlies there are nurses right he's got staff right like, there are people who and i know that psychiatric homes historically don't have the best track record for the way they treat their patients but still but i mean it's clearly like just a house with bunk beds in it there's literally nothing clinical about the place 
Yeah. Those really weird cages for the orderlies to hang out in, except for none of the cages are actually closed or even, like, solid. When things hit them, they it's just, it's like a dog kennel. Right. So why even there? It just seems like it's just crowding the already super crowded house. Which I don't know if that was maybe an aesthetic they were going for to make you feel claustrophobic. Because I definitely did. It felt really gross. Yes. There. Even in his office where it's just, like, stuff piled up on his desk and yeah, stuff. Yeah, old food and things like that. It was very strange. Yeah, I was. Uh, so we meet all these girls who live in this house. Honestly, I thought that this was a really cool aspect of the way they presented the ghost. Yes, really loved that. But we see the ghost right off, where she's kind of like a transparent figure. And this is where I got my first idea of what I thought this was. I was wrong, but I thought that maybe Doctor Bayer is this crazy person who collects mythical creatures and convinces them they're human. Oh, you know? that would have been so cool! Right. So I'm looking at this collection of strange women. I was like, oh, it's going to be like one of them's like a dryad, and one of them is, you know, a harpy. One of them used to be a unicorn. You know, like something like that. That would have been the people. so dope. Right? Wasn't that though? No. But that would have been a cool movie. So that's what I thought the ghost was, where I was like, well, maybe she's some sort of, like, you know, she's a banshee that now thinks she's a girl. Right. You know? But no, she's just actually a ghost, which, like I said, I think it was a cool way to present a ghost. I've not seen it done like that before, and I liked that it was just right off the bat. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to allude to the fact that there are ghosts and then have this be a ghost. She just straight up was a ghost. And also the way they introduce her is, like, she's like, hey, I want to, like, because she doesn't realize she's a ghost. Yeah. And so she's trying to talk to them and they're, she's you like, know, I want to play. Can I play this time? And there's only one girl in the house who can see her and her name is June. And she kind of just treats her like a sibling that she doesn't really want around. She's just kind of like, um, how about you just go check to see where we're at with the Olympics and then we'll talk about maybe you can play, you know, uh-huh. and everybody makes fun of her for her imaginary friend. But the ghost is actually really fearful of a lot of things. She's got a lot of She's got a complex. Yes. And she's wandering off to go find out where they're at with the Olympics, which just seemed like such a weird thing that they talked about over and over again was that the Olympics were happening. But it didn't matter. It wasn't an important part of the plot that this happened during the Olympics. I mean, I feel like this is a reoccurring kind of thing. That's also true. (laughs) This may just be this, like, second or third of many. But anyway... So she wanders off, and that's when she discovers the quote-unquote new girl who's in the bathroom, presumably doing something weird, but we don't see it. And she goes and she alerts the other girls, and the other girls are kind of thinking it's a game, you know? So they all rush in there with fireplace tools to freak out the new girl. So that's when we meet Nurse Sandra, who is kind of like the, she's just the caretaker for all the girls. And she kind of ushers all the girls away and she's like you know this doesn't help the new girl and then she looks in the bathroom and she's a little bit horrified by whatever she sees we also meet these two orderlies whose names i don't know but it doesn't really matter and they're doing that stereotypical thing where the older elderly elderly the older orderly is telling the new guy (laughs) older order oh my god try to say it older orderly older orderly old no older or oh older orderly did I do it? It doesn't sound right anymore. It's hard. But he's doing the thing where he's telling the new guy, like, oh, yeah, this used to be a mental institute, and it's in the foundation because it didn't, you know, it costs too much money to close out the bottom floor, so we just lock him off, and he's trying to be all creepy and weird, and it's working. (laughs) I kind of actually liked this shot where he's like, there's one door that leads down there, and the shot is of the newer guy, and he's like, which door? And then the focus changes 
onto the door behind him. Uh-huh. You know, the guy's not like, that door. You know, we just get that brief moment where it's like, the focus kind of shifts, and I, I liked the way they presented it. There were some really, honestly, eerie visuals in this movie. Yes. This one wasn't necessarily eerie, but I just kind of liked the way they presented it. And it wasn't like a full, like, rack focus where it's very obvious. It was just kind of like, the longer you're looking at this shot, you're like, what? What? Oh, there's a door behind him. Okay. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay, so then we get into Dr. Bayer's reviewing his notes on the mermaid. And we find out that he actually kept her on the boat for weeks. And her body started growing like what he called a cocoon. Yeah. And it was gross looking. Yeah, it was really gross looking. It was super gross looking. And in a cool way. Like a cool gross way. Mm -hmm. And apparently what happened is our body started creating this weird cocoon. And then it developed legs. And then when we see those skinny bony legs before they're fully fleshed out yeah and just seeing the development of oh it was so gross and creepy yeah this is the highlight of the movie yeah there for are sure some honestly really eerie really creepy visuals in this movie that were so cool it's just that there are so many parts that were weird that it kind of but anyway so th- i thought that those images were really they're so creepy and gross mm-hmm. and eventually he brings her back to the house when she has full legs and He's noting that even though they're fully formed, she can't use them or she won't use them. She's not vocalizing. She's just making that crazy sound, which, again, I really liked that sound right. that they had her make. Was That, like, marine-sounding screech. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There was so much about the mermaid design that I really liked, which I'll get into. I actually I was... really was impressed with the mermaid. That's the. I mean, yeah. I have some criticisms of this movie, for sure. But I actually, especially the casting of the mermaid, she has such an ethereal beauty that she looks like a mermaid. But I also yeah. thought her performance, considering she doesn't even get to speak, was actually pretty compelling. She did a lot with what she was given. The whole movie through, she always seemed like a creature. Even though she was human form, just the way she acted and the way she mm-hmm. moved and her face, she just seemed like a creature. Yes. And I really loved the way she played this character, like, mm-hmm. honestly. Not even, like, in comparison to the things I didn't like about this movie, the good no, thing was that it was just, she like, was good. in comparison to all things I've seen. Yeah. I loved that performance. Yes. But she is introduced to the other girls who all just kind of instantly hate her because, I don't know, I think they're trying to build some sort of animosity towards her, but because there was no reason for it, it didn't really make sense to me. Right. But it turns out the mermaid can also see the ghost. And then at one point, Nurse Sandra's trying to communicate with the mermaid and the mermaid sees a statue. Like, it's a, it's, this was also weird where she brings to her, like, fish tank figurines that you know Mm -hmm. and is like oh are you interested in these i'm like that's such a weird way to try to talk to someone who's obviously traumatized is to bring them used fish tank things and being like oh you want to touch this you didn't bring her real toys and i understand the thing is it's like we know she's a fish right right nurse sandra doesn't know she's a fish so why would she bring her the crocodile skeleton head thing that you put in a fish tank to be like oh my fish tank's creepy and be like oh isn't this nice yeah. It's a bizarre way to... Also, <laughs> a fish tank in this house, um, there are not a lot of hospitals or medical facilities where you just have a fish tank in the room. Yeah, also that fish tank had nothing in it, and yet all the fish tank decorations were in a basket on top of the fish tank. Huh. Why were you not in the fish tank? There's a dream logic to this movie. It's the kind of mental institution that I would make up in a dream where it doesn't make any sense. There's no purpose for there being a fish tank in there, but sure, why not? Or 
just the way that the place looks doesn't actually serve any medical function, but it's just sort of like a lot of blankets and weird bunk beds. Yeah. It looks like somewhere where you go to get high. Right? <laughs> yeah. It looks like there's definitely probably a hookah somewhere stashed in that room. Yeah, right? Like someone smoked something out of an apple at some point in this house. 100%. Yeah. There's nothing that says medical facility about this place. No, they're not a lot is above the board in this institute. Absolutely not. Nope. So the girls all have to have like a group therapy session where we kind of touch on some of these, some of the girls' issues. June can see ghosts and she sees another character's twin brother who's died. And the twin that remains is very childlike. There's a girl who's obsessed with ballerinas, but we don't ever talk about it. We just kind of see hints of it throughout the movie, you know? Right. Specifically to set up her death scene. Right. That is why that plot point or that character moment exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mermaid, who has revealed that she speaks in sign language. Which, the sign language scene was hilarious. I'm sorry. She would tweak her pinky and he'd be like, really? Generations ago? The pirates? (laughs) (laughs) The other scene that actually made me laugh, and I think it was actually supposed to make you laugh, is when the ghost has realized that the mermaid can see her. So she's trying to make her feel better, and she just keeps bringing her blankets, and then we cut away, and then we cut back, and she's just just eyes sticking out of the blanket, (laughs) like looking all freaked out because this ghost just dressed her in blankets. Actually, it was really funny, and I think it was supposed to be kind of funny, but it was... I think you're right. That was actually a funny moment. But the mermaid also has this thing where she can just smash shit, and it's she's just fine. She smashed the figurine of the mermaid to try to indicate that that's her, right? Broken yeah. in half. They bring in, like, a psychologist who kind of knows sign language, so I get a feeling that they were also maybe trying to give us the idea that she was somehow communicating to him telepathically, because at one point we stopped seeing her at all signing and he's just having this whole story that would make more sense she's smashed his glasses right he can't really see her and yet he knows the story that she's telling and then at some point she starts just communicating with him by looking at him when you know like she puts a a hand on his shoulder and looks at him and he understands that like she's scared of dr bayer right so i think this about a lot of things in this movie where there was a plan that wasn't followed through with Gotcha. So I feel like we were supposed to be laying the groundwork of the fact that she's actually communicating to him in maybe some sort of telepathic way or some Got sort of it. emotional projection way, and he's not aware of it because, you know. Yeah, that's a, neither that's was I. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought it maybe was going for. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit. I don't know. I mean, that would make a lot more sense than her just waving her hand and him being like, oh, pirates. You used to communicate with pirates and they taught you ASL, but then blah, blah, like. The degree to which he was able to interpret from the smallest gestures, I was like, wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it's telepathic, then you're like, oh, okay, okay, that makes a lot more sense. I think the film makes you figure that out on your own without tipping its hand in any way. There were a lot of things that made me think this was happening and not just the way he was receiving the information or the way it was shot where we stopped seeing her doing ASL at all together and he's still getting the story. But also, you know, the fact that the mermaid can see ghosts yeah. kind of gives her that kind of ethereal like she can communicate in ways that humans can't fair you know? enough. like That's she can fair. communicate with the spirit world you know mermaids are obviously a water-based creature and water is the you know like um do you remember constantine when he has to put his feet in the water in order to yes. straddle both yes water is mythically that medium that can take you to either side of the veil kind of scenario sure so but again it's one of those things where it's like i think maybe somebody might have had that plan and then it just wasn't executed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we just get these weird bits and then i'm sitting here just 
making up my own crazy conspiracy theories <laughs> that may or may not have any basis in reality. But she tells this story about how pirates... So here's also where the story kind of falls apart. Is Essentially what she's saying is that pirates would kidnap the women of her kind and have babies with them, and that's mermaids, right? Because they're half man, half mermaid. But then it's like, well, what the fuck did they kidnap to create something that was only half fish? Mm. You know what I mean? But she tells the story basically about pirates kidnapping women of her kind and having babies and how mermaids can live on land but only some of them and some people don't even know they're mermaids and you know mythology dr bear breaks up the party the mermaid is scared everybody goes to the room where everybody is picked on by reina who's the alpha female of the group yeah she's like the regina george of this place yeah and then for like i don't know no reason i guess they come and take the mermaid down to the basement they like straight jacket her and they drag her away the same way she was dragged onto the boat because they drag her away by the ankles uh-huh. and dr barry takes her down into the basement which is flooded and there's so much here that makes no sense yeah so he goes down into the basement and then up a ladder in his little secret voyeuristic hideaway and he locks the mermaid in a cell. The ghost is gone with her. Um, we've learned previously that the ghost has some sort of complex where she doesn't think she can walk through doors or through walls like a ghost right. should be able to. So she doesn't. She gets locked in this cell with the mermaid. Um, the girls are talking about the fact that the mermaid's been taken. And oh, I can't think of what her name is. The, the girl who thinks she's a superhero volunteers to go down after her, inexplicably just walks right past the orderlies and they don't see her even though she's not at all hiding and also is wearing a cape. But, <laughs> sure. And she makes it to the door where she's immediately discovered by Dr. Bayer, who gives her a flashlight and is like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. And so she goes down to the basement and then up the ladder to go find the mermaid, finds someone else in a cell. Right. And... Who I don't think we ever revisit, do we? No. We don't at all. Okay. And that door also opens. It's not locked. And the person in that cell kind of chases her. So she goes down into a cavern kind of place where there's rotting bodies and also a dog who looks friendly as hell. (laughs) And then eats her. Which is funny. I only thought it was funny because I've watched so many things where they talk about using dogs in movies and how hard it is to make a dog look mean. Because really? the dogs are always so excited to be doing their job. That right, they, they have to, like, times... CGI out their tails. Yeah, they have they... to CGI out the tails because the tails are always wagging too hard because the dogs are just like, I'm doing it. I'm doing my job. I'm doing <laughs> such a good job. I'm doing my job. They taught me to do this job. I'm so happy to be doing my job. <laughs> dogs are the best. I know. Like, I watched behind the scenes for The, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh-huh. And there's that scene where all the wolves are tearing apart Beaver's Dam. And they said they had to CGI out every single one of the tails and a couple of the full wolves or, you know, the, the dogs that played the wolves because they just kept playing with each other oh my god that's so cute the tails were wagging so hard that they didn't look aggressive because they weren't being aggressive in their minds they were just playing this fun game that they'd been taught and they got to be with all their friends and it was like great day for the dogs and so they had to cgi out all the tails because the dogs were way too happy hilarious and like two of the dogs just kept playing with each other (laughs) so they had to cgi them out all together because they just were having too good of a time that's so adorable (laughs) No. And this dog that was down in this chamber thing, they used a pit bull 
because, and I'm really upset when they do this because yes. they wanted a dog that looked mean. Right. And this dog looked the sweetest. I dog. know. Like, he just walked up with his little eyes and he wasn't growling or bristling or anything. He was just like, oh, hi. And then they had to do complete CGI teeth to make it look like he bit her or whatever. <laughs> and he wasn't even like walking around aggressively. He was just like, oh, hey, what's up? You know? Yes, 100%. And he was so cute. Yes. He such a cute little face <laughs> i love pitbull faces with their mm-hmm. little tiny eyes yeah so this girl disappears and is never seen from or never seen again the mermaid escapes and then in what i thought was another funny scene like dr bayer's watching her on the cameras and she's elbowing her way up the stairs in her straight jacket not using her legs and the next shot we get of her she's just sitting on the couch with other people <laughs> just watching bonanza right Oh, this movie. I know. And then we get a moment that I thought was going to mean nothing, and then they kind of try to make it mean something later, where one of the girls comes in and puts lipstick on the mermaid. And Yeah, I don't know. What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. So the mermaid eventually learns to walk. I kind of liked this scene where Dr. Bear is watching on the cameras, and the mermaid stands up and her gown falls off, and Nurse Sandra immediately, like, has the other nurse put a paper bag over the male psychologist's head and she covers the cameras with her sweater because this girl's naked. That's right, not right. Appropriate. And then she gives her this like spandex suit that she'd originally bought for this superhero girl who's been eaten by a dog. And I know, she's nobody... like, this is so kinky. I was like, <laughs> I kind of feel like the actor said that. You know what I mean? Right? Like it was so out of place and weird that honestly, yes. the first time I heard it, I was like, Wait, what? Did something else start playing in the background while I was what? Are, <laughs> what are my other tabs? Jesus, incognito windows, Mars, please. No, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so the mermaid has learned to walk. I also thought it was funny how she's stumbling down the hall, and then the nurse turns a corner to go get her a coat, and the mermaid turns around and stumbles into the bathroom, and the nurse comes back and is like, "What the fuck?" She's like, it was right here. <laughs> So the mermaid's walking, she smashes through a window, and all the girls escape. And they go to just the grossest mud Yeah, I was just like, mm, flesh-eating bacteria everywhere. I do love the first girl who sees it. She's like, it's beautiful. How much of that do you think is sewage runoff? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Raina decides to go swimming, but it's gross, so she gets out, and the girls don't go, except for the mermaid goes in, and... Props to the actress who did this because you could fully see her breath and she was not acting cold at all. Yeah, fuck that, man. And I was looking because I was like, you know, you can't control your shivers if you're cold enough. Right. right? And it looked cold. It looked cold. And she looked completely comfortable. So whatever Zen mindset she had to have to be able to control her body. Well, she's from Russia. So maybe she's used to. Maybe she's acclimated to the cold. Right. You know, and maybe she's like, what is it, like polar bear? People go in freezing water on purpose. Oh, yeah. Maybe she's got that jam going. The actress that plays the mermaid is actually pretty interesting. Like I said, she's from Russia, but she's from a town in Russia where, like, all of the political dissonance were sent. So, like, Tolstoy was banished there. And so it has this, yeah, so it has this history of being, um, like, there's a lot of arts and playhouses and stuff there, so... That's how she got into acting. She was the host of a child's TV show. Whoa. Right. Then she moved to the United States and decided to pursue her other passion, which is social justice and civil rights work. What? Yes. So she did that for a while. And then she decided to go to LA and pursue her first passion again. And like got cast in this movie, essentially. 
That's crazy. Isn't that wild? I was like, okay, I knew I liked her. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I really liked her in this movie, but yeah, that's dope, right? I was like, okay, the most interesting thing about this movie is this woman's biography. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the girls all decide that they're gonna go back because it's cold and they're hungry, and Raina is the only one who stays with the mermaid. We get a moment where we're trying to show that the mermaid has broken through Raina's tough outer shell, and that really this Raina was is a girl wild. Yeah, the really Raina is a girl who's just really insecure and doesn't feel loved, and all she needed was someone to hug her, even though I'm sure that she's been hugged. Because, you know, Nurse Sandra is a very caring woman who's, you know, she's really concerned with the fact that the girls assume she's going to leave them, and she doesn't want to leave them. Right. You know, she seems to be very much concerned with the girls' well-being, both physical and mental, and she cares about them, so I can't imagine that she's never been kind to Raina. Right. This is not the most professional sort of setting either. Right. I feel like and hugging might happen there. Right. Yeah. But so Raina tries to bring the mermaid a coat because she thinks the mermaid's going to get a pneumonia, and she trips and falls into the mermaid, and the mermaid kind of reflexively catches her, and Raina breaks the fuck down. Like, the mermaid just gave her a speech about her self-worth or something. <laughs> right. Which, again, like, I understand what we're trying to do here. The execution was not. Was it another, like, psychic moment that didn't occur to me? Uh, no, I think this one was just a mistake. Okay. <laughs> I think this one just was not executed correctly. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I buy it. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, Raina wakes up and the mermaid's gone. The ghost also wakes up and goes looking for the mermaid, who has grown a tail. And it turns out that the reason why all the water in the house never turned her back into a mermaid was because it's chlorinated. Okay, I like that these scientists have figured this out. Yeah. Chlorine equals no mermaid, I guess. I guess. I mean, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Yeah. That's why all the mermaid girls walking around on Earth who don't know their mermaids have never turned into mermaids. I hope they've never been to a, a lake or... A uh, ditch. <laughs> right? <laughs> or a, a sewage runoff, apparently. Right? Yep. <laughs> Which, if it was a sewage runoff, it would have chlorine in it, but that's not the point i guess yeah <laughs> so the ghost promises the mermaid that she's gonna get her to the sea she's gonna go get her more wheelchairs which it seems like the answer is not more wheelchairs it's just a different mode of transportation but i mean like how many wheelchairs is i mean i feel like after one wheelchair they become a hindrance right yeah like that feels like a one and done situation right if one wheelchair is not gonna do it Two wheelchairs is not going to do this. It's definitely not going to do it. <laughs> right. But uh, nonetheless, they go and they get two wheelchairs. The ghost starts trying to wheel the mermaid to the sea. Meanwhile, for some reason, Dr. Bear is driving Sandra's car. Don't know why. And don't know where they're going either because they're going like, I mean, they're going to the house, it seems, but I don't know where they've come from, Maybe why they're, they're together. Or why she's not driving her own car. I, I My guess is carpool. Yeah, but why is she not driving her own because car? Because he's the man, okay? Okay, well. <laughs> While stopped at a light or a stop sign or something, somehow Sandra does not see a full mermaid being ghostly wheeled across the street, but Dr. Barry does, and he hits her with his car. It's like a full Pulp Fiction moment. Yeah, I... I don't know. So many things didn't <laughs> add up, but sure. And somehow they're right in front of the women's home. This is when everybody kind of discovers she's a mermaid. 
and Dr. Bayer starts kind of trying to cover up in blankets to, to get her into the house, to get her onto a gurney, essentially. Yeah. We do get that creepy shot to find out he's been wearing one of her scales as a ring. Yeah. Which is super creepy. Yeah. In the house, they're trying to strap her down to the gurney, and the orderlies are trying to board up the window, and the girls are getting locked in their bedroom, and everything is escalating with so little vehicle to do so that it was just kind of like, okay, I guess, you know what, we're... And there's only like a half hour left of this. I guess I'll just write it out. Right. Point. <laughs> and Dr. Bayer warns Nurse Margaret to stay away from her tail, but she doesn't listen. And the mermaid hits her with her tail and she falls and breaks her neck, I guess. Yeah. And then I, I, what I'm guessing was trying to be a moment to be like, but she's so ethereally beautiful because then... Margaret, whose neck is broken, asks them to put her glasses back on so she can keep looking at the mermaid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Sure, why not? But they get her fully strapped down to a gurney, and somehow the mermaid, whose tail is like, you know, it's longer than a set of human legs, right? Proportionally, right. if you stood the mermaid up on the tip of her tail, she'd be much taller than the average human. And yet somehow strapped to a gurney, they're like, yeah, she'll fit in the back of the hatchback. Yeah, no problem. Well, they're fine. We'll just lay the seats down. Be cool. So he gets her into the car and then starts murdering witnesses. Sandra sees this and runs to the girls. And then there's this other lady who's his receptionist and she's British. And I don't know what her name is because she's only in two scenes. One where she answers the wrong phone twice before answering the right phone. And this one where she's trying to hide the second group of women that we see two or three times but are never really introduced to. But there's a whole second group of women in this house. Mm-hmm. And she hides them in the shower, trying to tell them, like, we're playing hide-and-go-seek. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. And I really liked her character, and I wish there had been more. Yeah. In this scene, I really loved the way she played this character. I loved, you know, what her character's motivations were. I wish there had been more of her so that I could right. care more. It was just like a glimpse where you see this character where you're like, she would have been really cool right. to see more of. I mean, that is sort of my across-the-board complaint. I wish we could have had any characterization of some of these characters yeah and also that one orderly whom we never see yeah. coffee who has a fucking tommy gun in his dude the tommy i was like what is happening every time i think they peak what you know wtf then he pulls out a fucking tommy gun and blows away I a know. bunch of girls well, and when we saw it in the beginning, when he was like, oh, that's Coffee's locker. He keeps his gun here because his wife hates it. And you only kind of see the top half of it. But I was like, motherfucker, that looked like a Tommy gun. That couldn't have been a Tommy gun. There's no way that was a Tommy gun. And then it later was a when Tommy gun. It, it was a Tommy gun. I don't know. I don't. Okay. Anyway, so many questions, but they don't need to be asked <laughs> because there are no answers. There are no answers. There are no answers. So Dr. Bayer uses the Tommy gun to kill the girls. He also kills the British lady whom I liked. And meanwhile, Sandra's trying to get the girls out of the house, and one of them just has to pee super bad, so she goes back into the house to pee, and she, like, rushes in to pee in front of Dr. Bayer, like, she doesn't care he's there, and that's when she notices the blood, and that's when we find out that possibly she actually was a ballerina, because she totally went up onto point. Yeah. And then Dr. Bayer tries to shoot her and misses, he tries to tase her and misses, we get... I mean, we'll get fully into it later, but she does this whole thing where we find out her mom's dead and she believes her mom is looking over her. And it was another one of those moments where I'm like, there are so many things that this movie wanted to talk about right? didn't. Right. And so we get these little bits that was like, this is what we've salvaged. But at that point, 
it's almost better to just not have it. Right. You know? A hundred percent. Yes. And somehow she thinks she's being protected. And then, like, a flood of blood from the ceiling somehow runs down and touches the taser end thing that's in the wall. And she gets electrocuted. And Dr. Bear breaks her foot. And that's a wrap on the ballerina girl. He takes the mermaid to the sea, to his boat, where he's going to dissect her, basically. Sandra and the girls have, I don't know how they've smashed all of them into a single taxi, but they have. And have <laughs> followed him. They got the, the Uber XL. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those buses that takes elderly right? group homes to, yes. the, to the casino. She gets out of the taxi and tells the girls to stay, and she runs out onto the boat to see what's happening. The ghost has followed the mermaid onto the boat. We get just the briefest, and again, like, this falls back into the biggest con category I have for this movie is that they just wanted to talk about so much stuff, tried to do it as quickly as possible because yeah. it obviously couldn't fit everything in, and then it just made it worse because we get that, like, six-second shot of her flipping through the photo album where we find out that Dr. Bear is the one who killed the ghost. Right. But we, in, there are, like, notes in there, but we don't get to read them. We don't really understand what happened there right meanwhile the ghost is overcoming her complex and is walking through walls in order to get to the mermaid sandra figures out the trick wall which is one of those books in the bookshelf that opens a trick wall and gets in and she had such a great look on her face when the door opens yeah she was panicking a second ago but when that door opens she has that look where she's like you give me back my girl yeah and i loved it but again character development was so lacking that you see these little bits of character that you're like, man, more of that would have been rad. Right. I think you're right. I bet you there is a version of this movie that's twice as long. And they're like, no, let's not lose any action beats. Let's just cut all the talking, all the character moments, and just whatever. Yeah, we'll just give every character 14 seconds to give their entire backstory and whatever their trauma was and then we'll move on to the next thing right because there's all these moments that are like potentially paying off arcs but you didn't see the beginning of the arc so they're just these weird like suddenly this girl's a ballerina and in the bathroom you're like wait what or even that scene where the girls are in the room and sandra's telling them they need to be quiet and that one girl is like it's so hard for her to control herself because she's freaking out so bad and the girls take her hands and then they all start hugging i was like i understand what this moment's supposed to be it's supposed to be the moment where you see these girls who have been bullied by Reina and have not gotten along and have had all this trauma are finding out they care about each other and they're leaning on each other and they're there for each other. But there's no reason for me to think that except for I've seen that happen in other movies exactly. and so I can recognize it. Exactly. But if it were an isolated, if this was a movie in a vacuum, I would have no idea why this was significant. Right. You know? Totally. So I don't know. The girls hear a gunshot, they all rush in, we kind of just get a really rushed scene of the mermaid kind of escaping. I mean, I do really like the scene where she starts to overtake Dr. Bayer and the ghost hands her the string of fishing hooks Yeah, she makes him swallow them. I know, I was like, oh, cringe, slideshow, slideshow. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now everybody's in the room and the door has closed and the mermaid has smashed Dr. Bayer's head through the bottom of the boat and now it's sinking. The mermaid has swum away. And the girls can't get out again, and the boat is sinking. And then, like, I get it, okay, what they wanted to do, but it made no sense. Where they say something about him hiding bodies in the walls, 
So she's like, quick, tear the wall open. And they find the ghost's body in the wall. And as soon as they do, they're like, okay, now what? I'm like, so you tore the wall open, not as a way to try to get out. You're just like, okay, now that the wall's torn open, now what do we do? Right, right. It wasn't like, oh, we tore the wall open and found out we couldn't get through. Yeah. It was just like, tore the wall open, what's next on the list? Right. It was like a plot moment instead of, like, it served the narrative as opposed to... Progressing the plot. Yes, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. So now the ghost has found her body again, which really has no consequence in the end. Dr. Bayer comes back with all the fish hooks sticking out of his face, which is pretty dope, actually. (laughs) He kills one of the girls, the one who has the ghost twin, and fights ensue. The, The boat sinks. The girls get out. They wash up on shore. We find out the one is dead. June, who can see ghosts in a moment that again was supposed to be emotional but wasn't because it was just rushed right june just kind of screams out she's standing with her her brother she's fine and that's it reyna is upset but that's you know it just seems like a line that normally they would have had june kind of deliver like seeing her and interpreting what she's seen and emotionally coming to terms with what she's seen and then being like she's with her brother she's fine instead she's just like she's still getting pummeled by waves and is like she's with her brother she's fine and then she moves on right <laughs> everybody hides out in a cave the mermaid has her human legs back though i am unsure now if she was supposed to have her human legs back or if they were just like crawl without the tail it'll be fine we can't see it anyway and then you could yeah i think that's the case i think so too <laughs> The mermaid comes into the cave, tries to put lipstick on the girl who put lipstick on her, and it's her way of saying, like, we're friends now, and identifies June as a mermaid who's walking on land, but again, that has no consequence to the end of the movie. Yeah. The mermaid has a moment with the ghost, which actually I thought actually was kind of an emotional moment. I mean, like, I did the think it was only relationship in this movie is between them. Yeah. And I mean, again, it, it was underdeveloped. But you did get the sense that this ghost's complex is the fact that she never felt recognized by anybody and she just wanted to be cared about and loved and seen. And this is the first time she's really felt that way, even though I guess that's a big middle finger to June. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, June was pretty shady being like, go find out when the Olympics are on. Yeah. So the ghost and the mermaid have a moment. The mermaid goes back to the sea and... That's essentially it. I mean, we see Dr. Bayer bobbing in the ocean because he's somehow Somehow still alive. alive. And then he gets pulled under. And what I really wanted, and I understand budget probably wouldn't have supported it, but I really just wanted to see, like, a whole school of mermaids sucking him down and tearing him apart. Right? Something. Something. It was a very unsatisfying death. What's the point of bringing him back again if that's the, like, you know what I mean? We already got his death. Or even, like, her hand coming out of the water to pull his head down. Yeah. Because at that point, it could have been a shark, which is also scary, but in no way makes me feel good about the end of the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was a very odd choice to have him come back and then have it be weirdly anticlimactic like that. You're right, even just having her hand so that it's clear for certain that it was her that did it would be something. Yeah. Just a lot of weird choices. A lot of weird choices with this movie. Now, I'm going to say I'm not going to have a lot of positive things to say about this movie. So let me just start off at the top saying I'm glad I saw it, though, because it was wild. Yeah, not a single part of me regrets having watched this movie. Right. Even though it's not a good movie and not no. like when I'd be like, everyone needs to see this. 
I oh, no, I do think I would say everyone needs to see this, but not like in a, oh yeah, you need to watch this fucking. It's movie. a good one to keep in your back pocket for when you're like exchanging weird movies. Yeah, because like uh-huh. I guarantee that people have not seen this movie or anything like this movie. For those of you at home that chose not to watch it and whatever, or just playing along, just just keep it in the back pocket for if somebody's like, "Have you seen Basket Case?" You'd be like, "Have you seen Mermaid Down?" Yeah, and you'll win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you damn well. Yeah. So as far as positive things, uh, I thought the setup was pretty unique. I honestly think that there is a handful of fascinating movies, seeds of them in this movie. I like the idea of, you know, a mermaid story being like a rape revenge. And I know we just talked about a bunch of rape revenge movies, so it's on the brain. But that first set of scene where they're grabbing her and holding her down and cutting off her tail, like in the same way that Maleficent is a little bit of a rape revenge movie, mm. I kind of felt like th- that's where this was going. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I would like to see like a mermaid come back from this and get her revenge for the people that wronged her. But that doesn't really happen. I also like the idea of a mermaid in a mental institution where nobody believes her and she's like being gaslit and then you find out she is a mermaid for real, but it doesn't quite work because we start with her getting grabbed out of the ocean. But that's an interesting idea. I also think a mermaid versus a serial killer. I mean, I don't know what that movie would look like, but oh, but I would watch. But it. I would be interested to see how it goes. So I think there is a lot of really cool ideas in this movie. But when you just throw them all together, it just becomes like this total WTF festival, which is not a bad thing necessarily. It's not a good movie, but it's definitely not boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are times where I'm watching movies that are even good movies, but I'm like, how much more time am I giving to this? Just because I am an impatient person. But I did not have that experience watching this movie. I never looked at the runtime to see how much was left because I was just like, what is going to happen next? Did I think it was going to turn into a slasher in the last 15 minutes? No, I did not. <laughs> did it turn into a slasher in the 15 minutes? Yes, it did. So, And that happens multiple times throughout the movie. When there, you're not expecting there to be a ghost. What is a ghost doing there? I don't know, but it's interesting. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make the movie good, but it makes the movie interesting. Yeah, I agree with all of that. <laughs> uh, I mean, there were a lot of really interesting, th- like the fact that they were so blatant with the ghost from the very beginning, I thought was really cool because I'd never really seen that before. And I liked the way they presented the ghost. I thought the mermaid design was really cool. Yes. The bioluminescence in her hair, the fact that they talked about the seaweed is actually growing out of her scalp. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. The actual design of the mermaid tail was really cool. Mm-hmm. How it was like kind of scarred and ragged because that's the way sea creatures get. Yeah. It wasn't the little mermaid beautiful and sparkly. I mean, it was sparkly. The way they animated the scales to kind of move as she moved was really cool. I honestly think this movie had a really good idea. Yeah. I just think that they wanted to put so much into it and didn't have time that they were trying to scale back and just didn't really do it in a smart concise way honestly i think this would have made a really cool six episode limited series sure sure you know here's the thing is it does kind of feel like a a season of american horror story where you have nine different stories going on but Mm -hmm. there's room to kind of develop them and have one-off episodes but there's none of that room so it's just all smushed together and you're like i have no idea what's happening but i'm gonna watch it 
I do want to know the girls' backstories. I do want to know why this girl who's a ballerina, who is a ballerina, because, I mean, she went up on point and she did the little turn, you know, yeah. like she has done. Why is she in a mental home? I want to know the girl who needed help controlling herself and she was like, kind of had that personality disorder where she was telling herself to shush. I want to know what her deal is. I want to know. I want to know what Raina's situation, you know, like, I want to know why the ghost has a complex, why she's like, I'm a ghost, but I can't do ghost stuff, you know, like, she's got some right. sort of complex there. <laughs> yes. I want to know all these things, and I think it would have been really interesting to see them, but we just didn't have time right. in a feature-length film. Yeah. I almost want to take this script and give it to five different directors and see what they make of it. Yeah. What would they emphasize? What would they cut? What would they do with this? What would they made it make it look like? Because I feel like it's this choose your own adventure, but with all of the different choose your own adventure endings in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? So I would love to see like, what would David Fincher do with this? What would Ari Aster do with this? You know, Guillermo del Toro. Yes! What would Guillermo del Toro do with this? Because you would have to, you know, excise some shit, right? So yeah. the five different movies that could come from the script is I would love to see. Like, even if there were short films and an anthology of the same story told by five different directors, that would be so cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, there were some honestly creepy, like I said earlier, honestly creepy images. Like when the ghost is watching the mermaid get into the pool and then she's wheelchair chairing her way down that little alleyway and we just have her dark silhouette of her crazy hair and her skinny limbs and she keeps just smashing the wheelchair into the walls around her Mm -hmm. and stuff honestly creepy that visual was really creepy and the cocoon the leg growing yeah that was was weird see then we get into some weird body horror and i'm about that life like let's let's do a body horror movie about mermaid yeah like it just there were so many cool things that were detail stuff Right. And then it was just the execution of the plot. But then we just moved on before we could even like appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. His house of horrors with like all the patients being murdered and experimented on underground. That's a whole other movie that we just, (laughs) we have one scene in. It's so strange, but there's good ideas in this movie. Yeah, that's why I get so confused about what my final takeaway from this movie is, because I feel like there's a lot of good ideas in this, I think. It's just, it maybe was either too many good ideas trying to be smashed into one idea, or this wasn't the medium, right? Right. Maybe it just wasn't supposed to be a feature film, and it should have been a series or something. Mm -hmm. Because, like, imagine if this was, you know, seven or eight 45-minute episodes or something. And your through line is the mermaid. But you could explore all these side things. Like, why is Dr. Bayer a psychopath? Yeah. You know? What is he really up to? What's with his weird voyeurism room? Why does he have a dog in a basement? Exactly. I mean, like, you can kind of, like you said, because you've seen other movies before, you can kind of put some of this stuff together. But I want the movie itself to tell me the story. Yeah. And it just made a lot of these moments that I think were supposed to be impactful just not. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, when the girls were coming together as a group, when they were locked in the room and they had to be quiet, so Dr. Bayer didn't find them, you know... I appreciated what it was trying to do, where it was trying to show these girls have finally, like, been able to stop hating each other for no reason and realize that they actually do value each other and they need each other and they want to be there for each other. Except for we didn't have any, anything before that right. to show them starting to break down these barriers. We don't know anything about their relationship, so why would we be invested in them? Yeah. yeah. All we know is that Reyna is mean. Right. And then suddenly she's not mean. And then she got a hug. 
And then she got one accidental hug, and all of a sudden she's everyone's best friend. I mean, to be fair, a mermaid hug probably would be a life-changing experience. (laughs) But still, I mean, in terms of the narrative of the movie, I was just kind of like, really? Okay. And then I felt like there was so much specific thought put into every one of the girls' outfits. Yeah. Like their wardrobe. Reyna's wearing those rainbow-striped socks and those weird cowboy boots. And it seems like, oh, there's a story behind that, right? Right. Like, she's not just slutty, right, is yeah. what they want her thing to be, is that she's promiscuous. Mm-hmm. But those rainbow socks and the cowboy boots don't really scream promiscuity. Yeah. And so it makes you feel like there's some sort of backstory there. Or the girl who thinks she's a superhero, I'm only saying that because I'm assuming that. It's not ever been talked right. about. <laughs> you know? I know when you said it, I was like, oh. <laughs> right. But then I was like, did I miss that part? I didn't want to admit I didn't know, but it's <laughs> a relief. No, I'm just taking a wild leap. Okay, good. <laughs> it's just based on context clues. Okay. I mean, that's the, this movie's alternate title is context clues because right. it's, it's not going to tell you nothing. Or, like, the psychiatrist who comes in who knows sign language. Like, he just appears. Right. I don't know if we're supposed to assume that he's someone that they call in regularly to help with the girls, or if he's someone special they called in because of the mermaid in particular, or, you know, what his story is. I don't even know what his name was. Right. And yet he plays a pretty important role yes, in the movie. I mean, yes. But I have no idea where he came from. He just appeared. Right. Yeah. Unless he's coffee. Oh. Maybe? The one character that I thought never showed up. Well, let me look at IMDb. Let's figure this out. He's Dr. Miller, so he's not even coffee. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like he had such a connection with the mermaid that it made me want to see either more scenes of the two of them or even just more scenes of him, you know, or, you know, like the nameless british lady i thought she presented in her final scene a really interesting character that i could have really rooted for right and would have really you've been given the chance yeah yeah had i been given the chance to see her and like especially since her first scene is so fucking goofy yeah where the phone is ringing and she answers the wrong phone twice before it's like oh it's this phone (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird it's the movie does delve into weird comedy beats but then at other times take itself so seriously yeah that it's yeah i don't know just the juxtaposition of that scene that i still think is hilarious where the ghost is wrapped the mermaid up in blankets and yeah. it's just her giant eyes and she doesn't even then she's not really comforted by the blankets she's still just like what the fuck i, know, I know but then you know an hour later dr bayer is tommy gunning mentally ill women in a shower you know like, <laughs> i don't know dude i don't know <laughs> And then we get that final scene where the mermaid's trying to be emotional, like, you guys are my friends, thank you so much. But not 15 minutes prior, the mermaid slipped through a hole in the bottom of the boat and was like, peace. Yeah. You know, like, it seemed like the answer was that she swims them to the surface before the boat sinks, right? Right. But she only showed up to get punched a bunch by Dr. Bayer. And yeah. Did not enjoy him? that scene very much. Mm-mm. Did not like. No. The only thing that got me through that part is that we just watched her crush so many glass objects with her hands and she not once did she get cut. That's true. She is kind of extra strong. She is stronger than a human. And so she can probably take these and maybe that's why he hits her and she just kind of looks at him like, really? The other thing we had talked about, but I did like, it doesn't make any sense in the movie because it never happens before. It's absurd. But I did like when she suddenly just like blew ink all over the inside of the car. (laughs) She blows ink at him and then he just kind of looks at her and is like, oh yeah? 
Okay. He's like, and oh, he just ink. wipes that tiny little spot off on the screen yeah. or on the windshield yes. and it just keeps going. I mean, the thing is, is she would have done that right away on the boat, but I know they were saving it for that big moment. It doesn't make any sense, though. And yet, it was a compelling visual moment. And like you said, where right. he like wipes a little, he's like, hmm, ink. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's just kind of like, oh, didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I'm like, All me right. neither. We go. <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> you know, and I really loved the ghost character. So here's the thing is I feel like the acting for a lot of these people was really great. It's just that the characters were underutilized yeah. severely. You know, like we talked about how great I think the mermaid's performance was. I also think the ghost did a really good job. I think Sandra had her shining moments. She just, again, wasn't used very well. No. Dr. Bear, I think, was your pretty standard, just creepy dude, you know? Yeah, he was like clearance rack Jason Bateman. Or Patrick Bateman. Jason Bateman's the actor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Bateman. <laughs> Which, I mean, would have not been right, because Jason Bateman does play a pretty creepy bad guy. Oh, yes, he does. Like a uniquely creepy You've seen the bad guy. Is it, what is it called? Like the... The Gift? The, is it The Gift? Oh. My head thought it was The Gift, but then I was like, wait, no, that's the movie with... No. It's the one where his friend comes back yes. from the past. Because you think he's like the good guy, and then you... He does the character turn, and you're like, oh, you're fucking terrifying. And it's so against type. It's so against type, because he always plays these lovable characters that when it happens, you're like, oh. So unsettling. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah, I agree with you. I thought the, the mermaid was really good. I thought the ghost was really good. But the other people just didn't get any room to do anything. And, like, the other girls in the group, so many of them had these little, like, honestly, like, six to seven second bits where I was like, I actually am really intrigued by the way you're performing this character, but then it was gone. Right. Just as soon as that moment appeared, it was gone, and it never came back. Right. You know, and I know I keep going back to the girl when they're trying to be quiet in the room who's just struggling so hard to control her fear. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, if you had given that girl room to act, I think she would have presented such an interesting character right and someone that we would have actually really cared about and been like this is someone who's struggling with a mental illness but i, I like her i like her personality and i understand she, you know like i want to see more of how she handles this right and how she deals with this and how other people deal with her just never got anything yeah. it's just so much was wasted i feel like yeah. so many good opportunities and so many good things is there a director's cut that's what I need to know. <laughs> and is it six hours long? Because I think it might need to be. Right? I think we've pretty much figured out the problem is just the medium. You can't tell this kind of story, I don't think. Uh, especially if you have a main character that doesn't speak. Like, I'm thinking right. about, did you ever see that movie with Amber Heard where she gets arrested and goes to, like, a mental institution? It's directed by John Carpenter. And, oh, it's sounding really familiar. And, like, somebody in the institution's, like, killing people off one by one. Hold on, I'll find it. Heard. The ward. I I feel like I have, but I don't really remember. Well, the thing is, is it's kind of the same sort of setup where it's a woman institutionalized. And there's all kinds of like dynamics between the women. But because our main character is interacting with them and having conversations with them, you get a sense of the dynamic between the two characters. You get people who have character moments. I'm not saying this is a great movie, but it's a similar setup. And I think part of the problem is when you have a main character who doesn't interact with people and the other, your other main character is a ghost who only sort of interacts with someone, you don't have opportunities for there to be character moments because they're never reacting together. They're always like someone reacting to her. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah. So then when at the end when you're having this emotional moment where she's like, you know, the end of the Wizard of Oz where like, I'll miss you most, you know, yeah. Scarecrow. There's no bond there, there's no relationship there, there's no investment there to make that have any impact. So yeah. then it just feels like a weird moment where someone's like, Oh, you know, she's with her twin or you're a mermaid. None of that stuff lands because we didn't have those moments where we had character development or we had relational development between our main character and these people. Yeah. Like I said, this movie's kind of, it's not great, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it is interesting to see what the potential there is. Yeah. Yeah. If they took another crack at it, or like I said, turned it into an anthology and gave it to a bunch of directors yeah. to do their thing. That would be so interesting. Or, you know, an FX limited series. Right. Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts before we wrap up our review? No, I mean, like I said, I'm not upset I watched this. Yeah. And I was interested the whole time because the whole time I was like, where is this going? Yes. It is a curiosity. I would say this movie is a curiosity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum of movies <laughs> where you're kind of like, I can't believe I paid $12 to get in here. But some of these wax figures are gross. <laughs> oh my god. I remember, did you ever go to Ripley's? Yeah. I remember the part where you turn the corner and it's all the people who should have died but didn't. And there's people on pails <laughs> on stuff. I was like 12. It was so traumatizing. I could not get out of that room fast enough. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I went through that museum and I was so excited. And you get in there and I found out it was just wax museum stuff. Yeah. It was kind of like this, where I was like, I'm severely let down because there could have been so many cooler things in here. Yeah. But I'm also not mad I went in. Right. I mean, it was diverting. Yeah. I'm glad I went once. <laughs> okay. So if you were, though, going to watch this a second time, what would you drink with it? Any of those weird mixed shots where it's like the dark with some sort of milk in it where they're like, gotta drink it before it curdles. Oh, you know? God, like, like the brain hemorrhages or whatever. Yeah, Ugh. one of those things where you do one and you're like, that was gross. And if you don't do it fast enough, it turns into like a booger on the surface. Yep. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But you're like, you know, I'm glad I tried it once. <laughs> oh, God, okay. I was going to go with Kraken rum. Oh. Have you ever had Kraken rum? I have. I'm not the biggest rum fan, but I do remember that I it's, liked it. It's not bad for rum, because I'm also it's not really a rum not, drinker. Yeah. It's it's not bad. For being rum, it's weirdly light on the rum flavor. <laughs> it's so spicy. The flavors are not spicy as an heat, but like full of spices. The rum is there. It's in the mix, but it's not doing the heavy lifting flavor-wise. Yeah, yeah I feel like I would need quite a bit of it to <laughs> go back. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, you would recommend this to people or no? I would in very specific circumstances. Right, right. It would not be an across the board, like if someone asked me if I could recommend a good movie on Amazon Prime, I would not jump to Mermaid Down. Right. But if we were talking about weird movies or, you know, something that was very specific about how strange it is to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend it, but again, it would have to be a very specific scenario. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. Like, I would not, like, if you asked me, like, hey, something fun to watch on Amazon Prime, no. This would not be the one I recommended. This okay. is the movie that I recommend to a friend who either A, has seen everything, and has, thinks they have seen everything. Like, no, you have not. You have not seen Mermaid <laughs> Down. You have not seen everything, my friend. Or someone who has a taste for kind of weird, offbeat how did it get made kind of movies. 
Yeah. A lot of times those so bad they're good movies, I don't enjoy that experience that much. Okay. Whereas I think this one goes down easy. You know what I mean? It is not a struggle to get through. It goes down real smooth. But at the same time, I feel like it's a shame you watch this by yourself because this is a movie best enjoyed with someone else to make eye contact with and be like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) I did feel the lack of someone else there when I watched it because I was just like, I feel like I need someone else in this room to remind me that I'm not dreaming this right now. If I could go back in time, this would be the movie that we watched over like Discord or something so that we could like be chatting like, what is happening? (laughs) Do the whole thing. If I could, I would. And I would recommend it for those at home. If you're going to watch it, I know we're all in isolation right now. This is the perfect movie to watch with another person because it is wild and it is an experience and it also doesn't matter if you chat too much you know what i mean you can dip in and out and just go along for the ride yeah like a good 25 percent of the dialogue had nothing to do with anything yeah. the third title of this movie is watch us talk over each other <laughs> right because that happened a lot, a lot like weirdly a lot where they had two characters delivering yeah. lines at the same time and not like in a oh we're arguing and we're both trying to get our points that way but just having two completely unrelated statements being said at the same time it was weird i do kind of feel like a lot of this movie was improvised what do you think i think it would make a lot of things make more sense okay (laughs) than if they were not okay let's just assume that they were definitely improvised (laughs) okay that makes me feel better about many things awesome okay so let's talk about listener email mars guess what what we got a letter this week we did yes yes and it's from our good buddy doug you will recall doug because doug is the amazing author behind the zombie girls and stream queen movies oh my gosh yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that mars yep. of the jungle with yep. our, our friend bigfoot with what was it Haley joel osmond's face <laughs> <laughs> Well, he has written it again and once again. Now, this time he's actually taking us to task a little bit. So if you recall from our last episode, which was 47 meters down, there was a little bio- like a yeah biological fact that we took issue with, and that was the screaming fish. Oh, my God. I was just, as soon as you said a biological issue, I was like, oh, my God, I bet it's the screaming fish. <laughs> yes. So we were skeptical about whether or not screaming fish were a thing. Um, but he has provided us with perhaps a, a counterpoint to that. So let me get into Facebook. Uh-huh. So I'm going to send you, first I'm going to read you the email, and then you can check out the link of the video that he sent me as his exhibit A for why clearly we don't know what the heck we're talking about. And Oh my god, I have this weird feeling this is about to be horrifying. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Not horrifying in the way that you think. I don't oh think god. you'll be- no, 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 no. I, I, what I'm saying is I don't think you'll be like, it's not going to like join the slideshow. It's more just like, how is this even a thing? All right. So I just sent it to you. Um, all right. So here's the email from our buddy, Doug. So he says, in regards to Scream Queens 44, 47 meters down uncaged, of course sharks can scream. Have you ever heard the documentary Jaws for the Revenge? In this true-to-life tale of aquatic revenge, the original end saw Bruce the shark roaring like a lion. Keep up the fun, Doug! So go ahead and click that video that I sent you. Oh my god. (laughs) Hang on, I have to watch an ad first. Ugh, fucking ads. 
Oh, and it's not one of the ones I can skip after five seconds. Oh, no, you're committed. You will be advertised, too. All right. All right, here we go. Describe what you're seeing. Oh, my God. I'm seeing a roaring shark. <laughs> <laughs> like, fully roaring, too. Like, that's... <laughs> it's the same roar over and over again. <laughs> so, I don't know about you, but I feel... Like, we just got told. I mean, okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. is that I've seen movies where they've made the sharks roar before, but that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, I'm going to be honest. The screaming fish was far more baffling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've but... never seen all of Jaws 4. I think maybe at some point we should punish ourselves with that if that's on streaming. <laughs> or maybe not i don't know we'll see oh doug 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 what are we gonna do with your dog thank you for introducing I mean, this into our life i question mark point well played mm -hmm. point mm -hmm. doug i got it all right, <laughs> awesome thank you so much for writing in we always love love hearing from you and for those of you out there who also want to talk screaming fish or really anything we'd love to hear from you as well you can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can hit us up over on the facebook page and if you are enjoying the show leave us a review on itunes also if you're looking for something new to watch not sure what's going on in terms of streaming or video on demand well good news we got a calendar Head over to the Zombie Girls website and look at our VOD release calendar to see all the upcoming stuff that's streaming on things like Amazon, Netflix, Shutter, Crackle, all kinds of stuff. Lots of stuff to be watched there. Okay. I guess that just leaves our plan for the next episode. And, you know, it's my turn to pick the movie, but we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm very, very excited. We are going to have returning guests on the Stream Queens, Larry and Justin from Here's Johnny, to review a little movie that I don't believe you've seen, Mars, called Don't Breathe. <gasps> no, I haven't, but I really wanted to. I cannot wait to make Larry watch this. I know I'm such a bad person. I'm going to hell, but it's going to be <laughs> so fun. <laughs> I mean, you know what kind of karma this is going to get you, right? Mm, the best kind of karma, right? It's going to get you saw karma. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Someday. You're Someday. so freaking right. It is totally going to get me saw karma. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Can I take it I back? Mean, <laughs> to be fair, you have dodged that bullet no less than five times already. So your luck may right? pulled out, but also this might be... This might be the one. The world is just one giant saw-shaped limbo stick, and I'm just scooting under it. <laughs> scooting under it. I don't know how. But, I mean, at some point, I mean, I mean, did COVID actually come because they were going to make me watch Saw? Because oh that God. movie got delayed. Is it? Is it? Is it my inability to watch Saw's fault? Did I do this? <laughs> See, did you, did you bring this about with your trying to avoid ever universe watching. i don't really want to watch saw but not this one okay. <laughs> <laughs> like look just pre present to me the options and i'll be like you know what i'll just watch a saw movie it's yeah really yeah i mean i'll watch the saw movie i'll watch all the saw movies <laughs> well maybe not all the saw movies hey what? Don't do that to the world. Okay, you're right. Watch them all. Watch them all. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, so anyways, yes, we're going to be watching Don't Breathe. There is one little wrinkle. This is something that we have been talking about for, 
I don't know, six months, eight months? How long has it been? A long ass time. And in the interim between when we originally came up with this dastardly plan and now it is no longer on, I think it was originally on Prime or maybe on Netflix. It's no longer there, but I have scoured to internets and it is still technically streaming on Fubo, which apparently was once a sports channel, but now has horror movies i don't know so we're gonna call this a streaming pick and for those of you at home who have not seen it and want to play along i think you can sign up for like a free week trial <laughs> so technically you can stream along with us without it like you know hitting the old pocketbook does anyone carry a pocketbook where did i even come up with pocketbook yeah you know what i mean <laughs> you skipped bank account and went straight to pocketbook i don't know man to get suddenly possessed by the spirit of a woman from the 1930s I mean, that, uh, don't me? answer the question. It's fine. <laughs> oh, if I how could you not answer that? Is there going to be an exorcism that follows? <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're if it's momentary, it's fine. It's over now. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Fleeting, fleeting <laughs> yep. possession. Yeah, that's what possessions are known to be is fleeting. So yeah, so <laughs> next time everybody join us with our buddies from here is Johnny. Well, we're going to be reviewing. Don't breathe. I'm <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Plus, I just love those dudes, so yeah. I'm super excited to get them back because they crack me up. All right, Mars. So with that, I think we're ready to call it a night. Can you please take us out? All right, folks. Thanks for coming back. Once again, if you want to play along, don't breathe. Week trial on FUBU. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, I it believe it's... It's good for your pocketbook. It's... Yeah. <laughs> It's good for your pocketbook. That's a new slogan. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm losing it. All right, don't breathe. Here's Johnny. See you next time, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye.